Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 88. And the dogs are 11 and 0 for only the second time in program history. Nailbiter again against Oregon State. This team never makes it easy, but they got the dub. They got it done. They go into Apple Cup week undefeated. Their record unblemished. Sam, how are you feeling tonight? What are you sipping on, sir? I am bittersweet feelings. I mean, man, I get jacked up to hear we're 11 and 0, you know, clinched the Pac 12 championship game. We're oh, yeah. locked in no matter what happens in the Apple Cup. We're going to the Pac 12 championship. So I'm pumped about that. But boy, oh boy, have we been just skirting by. The last flirting, month flirting with disaster yeah in a major way and we're gonna unpack some you know we're gonna revel in the glory but we're gonna unpack some of the skeletons in the closet that probably will get exposed in the championship game or a college football playoff if that's where we end up can we start concerns are there yeah it could be exposed again this weekend in the apple cup so there's be. a lot for us to talk about i'm excited just in general it's like awesome to be at this point in the season and be 11 and 0 and have everything in the world to play for and you know national championship hopes are alive and well well i maybe not well but they're alive uh they're alive and i'm sipping on some kirkland signature blended scotch whiskey as you would expect at this point how about, how about yourself it, what are you sipping on is it the last of the bottle yet or is no. this a new bottle this is a new bottle for the holiday. New bottle. New bottle. Yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. It's a new bottle that'll probably get us through the Apple Cup. Okay. <laughs> We've got some family coming in town. We've got some reinforcements. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Enough to share around a little bit. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, man. That was a hell of a game against Oregon State. And like like Sam said, we're, we're going to be a little bit more critical than probably your average fan. And we don't want to come off as like entitled spoiled brats tonight or anything like that. But we, we have expectations for this team and they're 11 and 0 and they're talented and they could do amazing things because they haven't really played their best football right. in two months at this point. So good. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, the thing that my dad continues to remind me every time I watch the game with him is he he's just like, oh, this isn't the 1991 season. Like, that was different. That was so fun. He, like, sent me this Wikipedia page that had, like, a three-paragraph, like, synopsis of every game of the 91 season. And they had, like, one close game. Pretty sure they were close game against Nebraska. Yeah, they dominated And then I think everyone. there was a close game against USC. But, like... Every single game, stress-free. Stress-free when you knew as soon as the tick happened to start the game, it was over. Everybody mm -hmm. knew. Mm -hmm. That has not been our experience with you know <laughs> our, our generation's 11-0 and 0 team. That has not been the case. <laughs> I mean, this has been heart palpitating, you know, taking years off your life type 
wins for the last over a month now. I mean, so the last five games. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, uh, more than that, honestly, like Oregon, Oregon. So six games. Yeah. Even the Arizona game got a little hairy <laughs> the week before that. I mean, yeah, that's you true. haven't had a blowout since Cal. That was yeah. week one of conference season. I mean, it's. And I think getting back to your original point, what I'm looping back to is like every single game, it feels like the opportunity is there for this team. Absolutely. To put the game away like the 1991 team did. Like no better example than tonight against Oregon State. Mm-hmm. We're up, what were we, up nine at halftime? No, we're up 12, 22 we're to up, 10. That's right. We're up 12 at halftime. We come out, Oregon State receives the kick. Huge interception, Jabbar Muhammad in their territory. He had a great game tonight, by the way. Yeah, we have a couple call-outs, specifically mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. I've got a couple. Yep. Anyways, he gets the interception. We're up 12. We're deep in Oregon State territory. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know. Hopefully we can punch this in for a touchdown, go up by 19. That pretty much puts the game away before the second half even started, basically. Like, obviously, there's a ton of football left to be played, but that was an opportunity to go up 19 against a team that is not built to put points on the board fast like that. Oregon State is good, and, like, we saw what they do best in the second half. Mm -hmm. 18-play drive for, like, 10 minutes. You go up 19 on them right out of the gate, game's over in my mind. I mean, obviously, that's hypothetical, but in all intents and purposes, that game's pretty much over. Mm-hmm. We shoot ourselves in the foot with a holding penalty, shoot ourselves in the foot when we make a field goal with a penalty, have to re-kick five yards back, miss it. Like, then we never sniff the other side of the 50 until the final drive of the game. So it's like, it is really frustrating as a fan, because it's like, I want to just let myself be happy and revel in the fact that we're 11 and 0 going to the PAC 12 championship game. We've right. won. What is DeBoer? What's the winning streak up to now? 18, 18, mm-hmm. 18 in a row. Like this is unprecedented success in my Husky fan life. He's eight. and zero against top 25 opponents too. That is insane. <laughs> And it's like hard for me to enjoy it because it's like, it doesn't have to be this way. And we're not playing our best football, not even close. Right. So it's just hard for me to like manage my emotions in this moment, to be honest. I get it. I get it. And I'm right there with you, Sam. I, I really want this episode to be positive because this is such a, I mean, we're not going to get this next year. We're not going to get this probably in two years. Like we're probably not going to get this again maybe for the next decade you know maybe this ever is... again i mean maybe 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 i mean i i think which we should talk about DeBoer too and the implications there as well long term yeah, but awesome. yeah um but if DeBoer is here i mean we're gonna be a winning program like that's uh, there's no question about that it's just what level of winning is that you know are we winning eight nine games a year or are we actually competing for a conference championship in the big 10 with like 11 12 and that schedule 11 12 wins um but yeah these wins have been anything but convincing you know and their wins they're finding ways to win which again we've talked about on this podcast that's valuable in and of itself 
Right. But like you said, they've had chances to put these games away. They don't need to be this close. None of them do. All of those games have had chances to put the game away early. Oh, earlier, yeah. I guess. And they haven't ha- have not they have not done that. And that was the thing that they were so good at doing even last year, like towards the end of the year mm-hmm. and at the beginning of this year. Um and I think I think just goes hand in hand with this. You talked about the penalties on that on that field goal attempts. I mean, just the penalties in, in general on this team are just so like mind fucking. It's just it's oh, so yeah. frustrating because it comes at such critical times on critical plays. And there's bonehead pe- penalties too. I mean, like they're most of them are just completely unnecessary, just like mental lapse penalties. Yeah, at least I mean, we didn't have like any like unnecessary roughness penalties in this game. Like no like late hits and shit like that. Like we've had in the past, but it's the pre-snap penalties that are killing us right now. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you can kind of live and die with some other penalty types if it's like you know this player's competing and maybe just took it a second beyond the whistle and like that happens every once in a while. Sure, whatever. But the fact that we're just shooting ourselves in the foot with like mental mistakes. I mean, I've never, I shouldn't say in absolutes, but I can't remember the last time that I've seen a center like flinch themselves like out of snapping the ball. Like they were anticipating snapping the ball. Yeah. Didn't actually snap it. Their whole body reacted like they snapped it, but they didn't. And then he did. That's Parker Brailsford did that on one of our drives. And then our long snapper did the same fucking thing. (laughs) I've never seen it where it's like their body, their mind is telling them to snap the ball and 90% of their bodies reacting like they're snapping the ball, but they're not actually snapping. But the the ball doesn't move. (laughs) It's just like a total lapse in concentration and focus and the discipline. I mean, Quentin Moore had two costly holding penalties yeah, he had a rough, rough drive out of out of uh, out of halftime there. And so again, it's like maybe we are. I actually had this thought while I was watching the game and getting so frustrated with the penalties, frustrated with some of the play calling. Mm-hmm. That like we'll get into that too. Maybe we are just at the point where we think that we're Alabama. Like I'm acting like an Alabama fan the fact that we're 11 and 0 and I'm pissed off right now. I know. It's fresh too, right? Like it's just like we were so frustrated that whole second half. Didn't score a point, right? That whole second half. So barely got I mean, that, first downs. It, we're recording this by the way. Let's just give you a little bit of premise here. Yeah. <laughs> An hour and a half after the game ends, so it's yeah. still like simmering right now as far as how that how the end of that game went. And I want to walk through the game too, kind of like a little bit drive by drive. Yeah, let's do it in a second. But let's also let the folks know that it may seem obvious at this point, but Justin is not here. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I, he's I, mid- I didn't. I did. He's he's uh on extended PTO, and we'll probably have to renegotiate his salary when he gets back. Um, he's playing hardball with us. He's a, he's in Europe, so we didn't get a we didn't get one on the on the books this last week, obviously. Like- Justin's not coming back unless he gets Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, and Bijan. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's gonna he's gonna negotiate for some dynasty fantasy players. I'm sure. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I also put it out there that he should not come back if we lost this game. So that was, well, pretty was close. damn close. <laughs> but let's go ahead and go through this game. So we get the ball first. 10 plays, 63 yards, right down the field. Really good mix of pass and run. Like that was our best drive of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Script. Go up seven to zero. Go up seven to zero. And I'm like, oh, we're golden. Like, like Mike looks good. It's it's raining, but like Mike's got the hookup with Rome. Yeah. DJ's doing his thing. I mean, it's it's hard yards. He's not doing anything crazy, but he's 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 grinding out runs. Got a sprinkling um, of Westy. Got a little bit of Westover in there. Uh, I think did Penix run on that? No, he didn't run on that drive. No, he ran it on a later drive. But yeah, so it was it was a good mix of run and pass though on that drive. Looks great. Obviously, they get the ball back. Basically, the same thing. Ten plays, seventy-five yards, almost five minutes a clock, and score on us. So I'm like, all right. I mean, defense. This might end up being a shit shootout, which I don't want this to be. And I then, think you point on the defense on that drive too. Is like a couple things to call out early in the game that the mm-hmm. I think also just shout out to Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Drew Fowler if they're listening. I think I think they're just the best. They do a great not job. Drew, not Drew Fowler, Chris Fowler. <laughs> Drew Fowler's sorry, on the Drew Huskies. Fowler's on our Husky team. Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> but shout out to Drew Fowler too. But shout out to him too because this actually goes to my point. The the announcers called out. We were we are decimated by injuries defensively. Mm-hmm, Tupatala mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. That Lisa was a surprise Turner's scratch too. Out. I mean, Cam Fab Nunley. We were down to our fourth string safety. Yeah, McKellistine. We had, a, who's we had our no favorite guy. Favorite guy. Podcast. <laughs> so like, defense is hurting. Tuli's on uh, you know a peg leg at this point yep. in the season. And so we go into this drive and like the main thing that I'm looking for is like, can we tackle? What's the answer to that? We couldn't. Only one person on this team could tackle. Yeah. He wears number 42. And he's a backup linebacker. I can't believe he should be playing every snap of every game from here. I completely agree. Like honestly, I love Eddie. He might be, we both, he might be, he's better. You think it's, you think it's Eddie? What? Instead of Tupatala that needs to sit? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm I'm trying to over exaggerate my point and how good I think Bruner is. In this game, he's our best tackler. Bruner sure. was better than Eddie in this game. Yeah, because he's our best tackler in like in and a game like this. And then to your this, point, just to yes. be super crystal clear, I want Bruner and Eddie side by side. Correct. All game. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. We've been calling for that for a year and a half, dude. I yeah. mean, Bruner's a this stud. is a new. But he felt like on this drive and in the drives that I'll, I'll let you keep going. But I just felt like my main takeaway was, oh boy, this is gonna be a long <laughs> night. Damian yeah. Martinez is a hell of a running back. DJ really is a big quarterback that can run. Yep. I mean, yep. you watch the game, you all know what happened. First drive happened all day. Tackling was a problem. Yeah. And for further context, like we obviously didn't get to recording an episode this last week, so we didn't get our predictions on record. But basically, Justin and I were were predicting mostly the same game, yeah. As far as like a close win, 
Um, I was yeah. thinking the game was going to be in the 30s. I think Justin said something similar. I don't know if he had a final score that he had predicted, but it seemed like you both um, were like 34, 31, like yeah. So I, mean, I was game. I think I said 37 to 31 or something like yeah. that, like a like a six point win. Um so I mean that's what we envisioned. Sam was a little bit more optimistic and thought that we would make a statement on national TV. TV, which I've been trying to predict for the last three games, and it hasn't come true. And it um, didn't. <laughs> and it and it didn't this time either. So um that's just not how this team's winning right now. But um obviously, like Sam said, defense looked suspect at the at the very least on on that first drive. So we were thinking, oh God, is this gonna be like another USC game? <laughs> like where we're right. just shooting out with these guys. But then um, but no, 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 that didn't happen. Uh, now you have punt, and then the next next drive that Oregon State has is huge. It's huge, by the way. What's the final score of this game? 22 to 20. What's the difference what? there? Two points. How do you score two points on a football field? That would be a snap over the, uh, the punter's head into the end zone, <laughs> and he kicks it into the end zone for a safety. Yep. So that's what happened in that first quarter. Um, getting close to the end of the first quarter at this point. So another punt by us. I mean, we're uh, this is what we have an issue with with this this offense. So our drives after that first touchdown drive go three plays, zero yards, six plays, neg- negative two yards, three plays, 49 yards, but it ends in a fumble. Oh, gosh. And then finally, the defense comes up big, obviously, though, with turning that ball over two plays later. And we get good field position, three plays, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Oregon State answers with a field goal. And then we actually end the half on a pretty good drive, nine nine plays, 76 yards, in just under four minutes, and a touchdown to Rome, which was a beautiful touchdown. That's the last that we scored. (laughs) We didn't score after that again. That's, Um, like, so hard to comprehend. Yeah. So, I mean, second half, like... Sam said, right out of the gate, we get that interception. I mean, Jabbar Muhammad gets an interception to end the half and then to start the half. So we're rocking and rolling here. We get the ball back. Great field position. Like you said, holding penalty. Puts us back. Can't convert. We got zero yards, basically. Kick a field goal that goes in, but there's a false start penalty. Move us back five yards, miss the field goal. So we turn it over. Oregon State responds with a 16 play, 78 yard drive and nearly 10 minutes off the clock. That is the second longest drive in terms of time that UW has ever faced. It was absolutely a gut wrenching. It was agony. It was agony. And I know I've already talked about it, and I just I it cannot be emphasized enough how frustrating it is with this team that you have an opportunity to go up 19 points with a touchdown. For even forget that, go up 15 points. Sure. With a I field mean that's goal. what we were set up for. Yeah. Like getting some points off that turnover, like. Going up three scores is a big deal mm-hmm. in the third quarter against a team that takes them 10 minutes to score a touchdown. 
like that that is the thing the pit in my stomach from this game that i cannot get over is the fact that we just tossed away points like that with penalties and everything so and then to turn around and just have to watch it just felt like i mean how much it was 10 minutes of football time how much time of real world time was it 30 minutes commercials yeah probably those commercial bricks took forever i mean it was insane they go down and score now it's a five-point game it's like okay five-point game fourth quarter is basically starting i think there's like a minute left we get the ball and we go for a whopping negative eight yards on three plays punt and i okay on this punt in particular i think it was this one McAllister saved the day. The did you see this one? The the snap dropped. Oh, bounced. it hit the ground. Yeah, it bounced to him and he caught mm-hmm. it. He still shanked it. Yeah, did not get a good kick on it. But it, it could wasn't have been way wor- worse. Could have been way worse. We got a good bounce and a good roll. But like mm-hmm. punter making that play, controlling that snap and getting a kickoff, is cannot be understated how important that was that he was able there was to... snap issues all night on both sides of the ball i mean it was a mainly with special teams torrential downpour yeah it was raining hard yeah so that was that then we punt so we get that miraculous punt off then they go 10 plays 50 yards four and a, four and a half minutes and we we buck up. I mean, we were texting during this part thank of the, the game. Thank the Lord. Yeah, thank the Lord. It's like they just, at this point, you know, they just went 16 plays, did whatever they wanted to our defense and scored a touchdown. They're pretty much doing the same thing. They had shot and, themselves in the foot multiple times on that drive too with penalties. And we well, still yeah, this stop was, them. <laughs> I know. This was the drive that you were like, yeah, they get a first down holding, so it's first and 20, and then they pick up 15 yards on second down, and then 11 yards, first down. Good to go. No problem. I could not stop them. Could not tackle. I mean, I forget which. I think it was mostly on the 16-play drive, but they were doing that like QB option, that like designed QB run on any short yardage situation. That was just like, irritating it's like mm-hmm. not only did he get the first down but he's running for like 20 extra yards dragging that was on the fourth down yeah that Jacob was Bandas. that was on that was on the field goal drive yeah. right that they had yeah 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 that was a really frustrating play we actually and got I mean, into fourth down and i was like oh they're going for it on their end of the like that was on their side of the field so it was the game that was the gonna be the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like not only did he get the two or three yards he needed but you know got it took jacob bandis and some other huskies for a ride for 10 yards free of charge and then yeah we keep on going you know they get their field goal which i guess like maybe just talking about that for a second i mean fourth i guess they're fourth and 12 down by five their defense you kind of put the faith in the defense at that point, I guess 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, would you, you, are you good with, if you're a Beaver fan, are you good with the decision to kick that? 
instead fourth of going and five, for right? Fourth and twelve. Fourth and twelve. Yeah, oh, at our yeah, I mean, seventeen, pretty chip shot field goal, thirty-five yard field their, goal. Ten their minutes passing left. Game was was in shambles all game. Yeah, I mean, DJ was very inaccurate tonight, like he kind of is. He, he's he's sub sixty percent in completion percentage for yeah. the year, so he's not really known as that as, as an accurate passer. But um, he's got a hell of an arm. But in the rain, I don't know with those receivers, I. Silas Bolden was probably the only guy that was going to make something happen on that on that on on a potential fourth down play and yeah I'm sure we probably would have matched up Jabbar on him and he was locking fools down all night so yeah well yeah we got to talk some Jabbar here but let's just round out the play by play so they kick their field goal two point game they kick off and at least we get a first down. I mean, Dylan Johnson couple rips first off a nine-yard yeah. nine first down play, three yards first down. Michael Penix Jr. hits Jack Westover, which was – that was a wild decision for him to throw that pass. That <laughs> that play was nuts. I mean, I think we can agree that Penix probably lost his Heisman candidacy tonight. Like, I mean, I think he'll probably still be invited, but I don't think he's – he's not he's not the favorite. For sure, at this point. Oh, for sure, not the favorite. I I wouldn't say that he he lost it yet. I he's think got he, ground to make up now, though. I mean, if he, if, if he bells out against Bo Nix in Oregon, you know, in a couple weeks, like yeah, he's right back in it. I think. But when does the um, voting happen? The voting happens after championship weekend and before bowl season. Correct. Yeah. So if he can have a good game against Wazoo, pad some stats, mm-hmm. go for. 400 plus He's going to need like five tutties or something like that too. Five yeah. touchdowns, four touchdowns would be fine. One rushing, something like that. If he can do that. And then if him and the receivers just ball out and we beat Oregon and, and we beat Bo Nix, I think he probably has as good a shot as winning the Heisman as anyone. Yeah. But I mean, he, there's a big dent from tonight, which some I'll put on him, some will put on play calling, which we'll get into. But the mm-hmm. other thing that we didn't talk about on these like play by plays, especially early in the game, our wide receivers sucked. Jalen Polk couldn't Besides catch Rome. anything. Jalen McMillan, it was great to see him out there, but he couldn't he catch looked either. Rusty. He looked really rusty. Jeremy didn't even get involved. But like, I don't know what was going on with our equipment managers, but it's like, I even know this from playing backyard football. When it's a torrential downpour like that, you got to ditch mm-hmm. the gloves mm-hmm. right away. Like your gloves mm-hmm. are going to be slick as hell. You have to go bare hand. And it's just like, mm-hmm. we Penix's, tried to do that. It still didn't work for him though. Well, yeah. One of his like five drops, the other, yeah. it took him four to figure it out. Sure. But it's just like Penix's numbers didn't look great. Obviously he didn't light it up in the yards category, but his completion percentage, I wouldn't put on him. I don't think he was that inaccurate. There was a lot of drops. Yeah. He missed some yeah. throws. He, missed he did some miss throws. some throws though. I mean, it, the 13 for 28 should have probably been like 18 or 19 for 28 for him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, agree. still isn't great, but in the rain, it's not too, it's not terrible. He wasn't throwing the ball bad. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's it's certainly not all on him. The offense struggles. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we do move the ball a little bit though on that drive. We do end up punting it though because the draw drive stalls around the around midfield. Yep. And Oregon State gets it back, and the defense ends up clutching up after five minutes of them having the ball there. They started basically at their own. The, the I mean, their punt returner made a huge mistake by fielding that punt. Massive. And, inside their own five. Fair catching at the inside four, their own four yard line, three yard line. No, it was like it was like inside the five, I think. It was it like was, three or four yard line. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's on their five. First and ten at Oregon yeah. State five yard line. Fair catch at the five is a big no no. Big yeah. no no. Especially so, when you know Elijah Jackson's responsible for keeping it out of the end zone. Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> dude. Hey, he played okay today. He did. He had good he coverage had, a couple times. He had good coverage a couple times, and he actually had a really good tackle. Uh, one tackle for loss. Yeah, and he didn't have any costly game. penalties. So nope, nope. He Kudos. this might have been game. his. This might have been his best game of As the a husky. year. Yeah, yeah, probably. So shout out, shout out to him real quick. But defense comes up big, and they get the fourth down stop. Um. Who would have known that like that on that first down, the loss of two or whatever was going to basically because then they basically they throw three straight times right on that after that. Yeah. Let me open this up real quick. Yeah. Any Anytime Oregon State was throwing like we were in pretty good shape. Yeah. So Damian Martinez when, had when, to run. It was when Martinez was running that we were struggling. Right. Martinez run lost for one yard. Who made that play again? That was Voy. Oh, that's right. Voy Tanufi. Yeah. That was big. Big play. And then you have incomplete pass, completed pass for six yards, third and 11. Fourth and five. Incomplete Passing pass. complete over the middle. Yeah. Wasn't even really that close, too. I mean, it, no. DJ's pretty wild. <laughs> well, he was also getting hit by Trice. Yeah, which we should talk about as well. I mean, Trice obviously had a great game, but just the pass rush in general was honestly pretty good tonight. We were in his, we were in DJ's face, and I think that definitely affected him tonight. Yeah, so then we, we get, get that... the ball back. We get the ball back. They turn it over on downs. There's two oh eight left in the game. At this point, do you feel the game's over? No. <laughs> no. 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 We have it. We have it like at midfield or even in their end, right? Yeah, forty seven. Oregon State 47. Yeah, so I mean we have it basically at midfield and I'm just like please just get a first down. <laughs> just please get a first down. So we get a run by DJ for what 3 yards? Yep. Then another run for 4 yards, so it's which third was, and 3. Which was perfect. Yep. Cuz they made and them three. use their two timeouts. Yep, they had two timeouts left, so that 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 burned both their timeouts. So now we have third and 3. What were you thinking? Ooh. What did you want? What did you want this play call to be? I wanted probably a read option. Yeah. And Penix has a strong inclination to keep it. Yeah. Because I think they would have sold out for, for Johnson on a play action type thing. Yeah. I was, I was screaming that, that, that or like a very easy play action rollout that gives the Penix the option to, to run. run. Yeah. 
or like a short pass to someone like Westover with someone with sure hands. I was screaming for a run. I didn't care who. If you hand what it off they do? to Westover, hand it off to Johnson, run it with Penix. I don't care. Yeah. You need to milk all 40 seconds. I would have been fine with a run off. too. I I would have been fine with a run. If if because that gets to fourth at, down, if that gets two to down, fourth down, what do you two do? Two down territory. What you I'm saying, it? oh yeah. Okay. I want to run with Johnson. Say you don't get it, but you pick up what two yards, fourth mm-hmm. and one. You're at midfield. There's probably you're running clock a minute left. Maybe. Yeah. But Just they only a, need about 20 yards from there. 30 yards. Maybe. Yeah. I guess it's a field goal wins it. Yeah. Yep. Nah, that's why I'm not a coach, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to punt that. Yeah, but you milk the clock all the way. My it, main though. thing was like, I want them to have less than a minute because they're not going to drive yeah. the field to score. But so let's I just say like, this third down was into, like we needed to, we basically, we, we in order to actually ice the game, we needed to make the third down. Yeah. Because I don't feel great about going for it on fourth down. I don't know if this coaching staff does. They might. They might go for it. I could see it. All I'm, I could also I'm just leading punting. us. I'm just leading us to the play that we actually call, which was straight drop up back pass to Romo Dunze. Basically running, our bread and butter play. Running, running a like seam. A, well, it was like a I mean it's his typical like stop route. Yeah, back yeah. shoulder stop route. Ten yards, what? Ten yards downfield? Nineteen yards, twenty yards downfield. Yeah. I mean, ballsy as fuck is all I'll say about that. Not a high percentage play. I mean, we for sure are one of the best in the country at running that play because of that duo. Yeah. But that's the play that you're drawing up as far as percentage wise to win that game. We've done it all season. That's how we won the Oregon game. Same play. That's how they won the Oregon game. That's how they, they won a different game too. I think with that play as well, I can't remember which one it was, but. I did not like it at all. I hated me off. (laughs) I hated it. Cause what happens? So this should, this should lead us to the, to the conversation with grub though. And our, and our gripe with grub throughout the game. We catch the ball. We kneel down game over. We win by two. Hurrah. Yeah. It, it won the game. Let's say let's the play call did win the game. I think the execution won the game. That's probably a better way of putting it. Yes. I think Romo Dunze just being the boss that he is and a good pass from Penix, but mostly Rome through a Rome lot of contact made it happen, made the play like he has done multiple times this year. The Rome's play really only terrible in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Rome's the only guy in the box score that had really super impressive stats. Offensively. Yeah. I mean, Dylan Johnson, D- D- DJ was fine. We sh- we needed to get him more involved, honestly, like, yeah. And that goes back to play calling as well. Yeah, 16 carries, 89 yards, five and five and a half yards per This is a game where game. he needs close to 30 touches, though. Probably. Especially in, in my rain. mind. Just the fact that like Will, we Nix- were... Will Nixon and Tybo only get one touch each, too. Like, it's not like we were mixing in other backs, and that's no. why DJ was ineffective. We just weren't running the ball. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Where do we go from here? We've recapped the game. Do we want to let's, talk about let's let's talk some key players maybe first? Or do you so want to focus on well I'm I figure while we're in the griping mood, we might okay. as well just rag on grub. Okay, but, let's do it. So look, let me again just preface this with we're happy, okay? We 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 are happy. I, prom- <laughs> I promise happy, that we're damn happy. it. <laughs> we're happy that we're eleven and zero. This is a great place to be. This is, I mean, somewhat unprecedented in Husky history as far as just like this level of success. You know, oh, this yeah. has this has a chance to be one of those seasons that you'll remember forever, and it's pretty close to that already. So take that. And that's our expectation at this point, right? And we saw that expectation once we beat Oregon. Oh, yeah. As soon as we beat Oregon this year, we knew that this team was capable of special things. Since that time, (laughs) Grub has been having aneurysms in that fucking play call booth because this dude runs the most low percentage plays and gets greedy and his ego is through the fucking roof because he will just huck the ball downfield four verts like i don't get it dude i mean when, when you're when you're up by like 12 in this game too like don't you want to start bleeding some clock Let's start mixing in, mixing in some short passes. No. The middle of the field, by the way, is wide the fuck open. All oh night. yeah, and it has been for the last five games. By the way, because we don't why because we don't throw the ball there. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. That's an it idea. It pisses me off, dude. It pisses me off. And he just when we're getting something going with the run game, he just completely abandons it. Yeah. All those all those drives that it's like three, four plays, zero yards, negative eight yards or whatever. It's all us like trying these 20, 30 yard downfield throws on the sideline to Romer Polk. And granted, some of those are like they're great throws and it's just not executing by their like some some of them are drops. Like some of them are just flat out drops. Yeah. And I get that. But Grub talks too much about execution and doesn't talk enough about hey, maybe I need to help my players out a little bit and give them higher percentage plays to be able to run. Because they they need to be nearly perfect on those types of plays. I mean, it's a jump ball. It yeah, is what it it's is. 50, like, 50. The, it's 50-50. It's trying to do an alley-oop in the middle of an NBA game. Like, the lob needs to be perfect. It needs to be placed within, like, you know, a four-by-four four square box. And the player needs to catch it and dunk it. And like, we've got great players. And most of the time we can make that happen, but it does feel like grub. And I have a thought. I do want to get my shot in with grub before I potentially bail him out a little bit. It's bad. It is so predictable. Yeah. All over the field. It's predictable running game. Predictable. We got two running plays that work. We have like the strong toss play, mm-hmm. which generally has been pretty successful. And then we have a counter. Mm-hmm. That's our running game. Our passing game consists of basically two fucking plays 
four verticals, <laughs> and a tunnel screen to Rome. To nobody else, only Rome gets tunnel screens. And that's it. Maybe some out routes, but sideline. I feel like we're wazoo. Only. Like I feel like we're wazoo. Like five. Yeah, that's ago. the offense that we're running is like yeah. literally the Mike Leach air raid. It's insane. And the thing that's frustrating to me is exactly what you pointed out. It's it's like maddening to look at the replays, even on a TV copy that I'm not looking at more than when I'm watching it live. I'm not studying the film. All 22, nothing. No. The middle of the field is wide ass open. There's two things that I want to see this team do is have, there was a, there was a key third down. And I just, I don't remember whether it was our, it had to have been either our second drive or our third drive of the second half. Uh, Let me look. Third and seven. I think it was our third and seven, the the second to last drive. We're up by two. Last drive. Yep. Oh, when like we were trying to hopefully get points to just put the game away then. Yeah, exactly. So third and seven. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure this was an out route to Jeremy Bernard. They did a, they put lined up their two linebackers in the zero hole right over the set, each shoulder of the center, blitzed them. And we had Jeremy on, they're playing man to man straight up on our wide receivers. And Jeremy's in the slot inside leverage or outside leverage on the cornerback. And we run an out route and Penix overthrows it. There is nobody over the middle. Mm -hmm. They gave us the middle of the field. If there's an audible, a wink, whatever Penix can do to give to Jeremy to like run a fucking five yard slant, and you're when was the last time you saw any receiver run a slant in this? I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. But that is like an easy seven yard third down pickup Mm -hmm. in that situation Mm -hmm. in the slot. Corners playing with slight outside leverage. Middle of the field's wide open. Linebackers are right in the hole. Easy pitch and catch. Even if that defensive back makes an incredible tackle, Jeremy's falling forward for two yards, first down. Let's go. But instead, he they force an out route underneath a seam down the sideline. Shocker. Mm-hmm. And Penix has nowhere to throw the ball. And so he tries to make a perfect throw that only Jeremy could catch, and he overcalculates it, and Jeremy couldn't get there. Like, that's what we're dealing with. It, it, we're overcomplicating things. The middle of the field's wide open. And then secondly, we saw it for a, for a hot flash in the pan in the first half. Penix needs to use his legs more. These teams do not respect his ability to run. At all. Not at all. And it's a common theme with the middle of the field. Their linebackers turn their backs. They run with wide receivers or tight ends. Nobody's watching Penix escape mm-hmm. the pocket. That's there all day. He needs to chip them away at five yards here, eight yards there, four yards here. Like make the defense honor the fact that you can run the ball too. Like, instead of just heaving it up and hoping for a jump ball catch by Rome or Polk or a pass interference, like take the eight fucking yards with your feet and get yourself yeah. into third and two. 
Yep. And that's Instead not on of, Grub. No, that's Penix. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm going with my second thought that I want to kick it back to you is like, yeah, I mean, play calling has been bland for sure. But especially down the stretch with these last couple of plays, last couple of drives rather, mm-hmm. Penix is doing a lot of talking at the line of scrimmage. And Penix is ultimately the one that decides where the ball's going. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about like Ryan Grubb's ego and getting greedy and going for it, I kind of think it's less about that and more about Penix kind of overriding on the field and taking his shots and that he feels more comfortable throwing the go routes, throwing to the sideline, and maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't feel comfortable throwing over the middle. So, I I mean, Penix is maybe quickly rising the ladder as potentially making himself the goat of all goats in husky lore for sure sure so i don't want to i don't want to talk talk too no, badly he's, he's won us a lot goat. of games the last two years he's kind of good yeah. <laughs> but i do there is a penix and grub With success comes criticism With there success is a comes penix criticism. and grub aspect to what we're seeing on the field and i don't think that penix is playing great football right now i don't think he's making the best decisions he's been reckless with the ball at times and Mm -hmm. almost threw a couple picks today yeah yeah and and i think that he relies too much on just like giving his guys a shot which i love the aggressive nature but like it also makes you really place it makes you very predictable very predictable what what sucks about all of this is like this was one of the worries that I had about Penix after all this early season success is that like he would think that this all comes so easy. Yeah. And he would just keep going to this. And then we saw the Arizona game where the offense was able to dink and dunk basically and still have success. And he was yeah. patient and he took the right reads. He was quick to check it down when his reads weren't there. And those options were there, and I think yeah. it's twofold here, Sam. Like I, I think, I think, I think, Mike is not checking it down when he needs to. Yeah. When his reads aren't there, he's either forcing it, or he's trying to make something out of nothing. As far as like a broken play opportunity. Yeah. But I also think that he's his checkdowns options aren't there as much as they were earlier in the season either. At least in that Arizona game specifically. You know, they're like Grubb's got to do a better job of giving him a primary outlet. Yeah. And you look at the play calls and there's really not a great out like that outlet. You sit Dylan Johnson or whoever the running back is or Jack Westover, Jeremy Bernard, slot receiver, tight end, whatever. Just a quick five yard curl middle of the field. Have that as your outlet. Nine times out of 10, that's going to be there. That's gonna be there, like with with yeah. Penix's arm and the and the deep shot ability of this offense. Like that's gonna be there. By all means, go for your home run. Like, do a play action. Look deep. If the read's not there, though, have oh, a check down. Have an outlet. Get your five six yards. That's fine. That's a win. Yeah, and then and they're line not up on that. the next play and try to take your shot again. And if it's not there, hit your check down first down. Yep. And that's fine. That's Keep totally, doing it. That's what that's what they were doing against Arizona. It was checkdown central, and it was fine. 
that's they the... had a couple big plays, but it was I mean, it was a lot of checkdowns and a lot of stuff crossers. Like we have not seen crossers in this offense mesh? since that game, basically. What's that? What's mesh? What's crossing routes? I don't it's know. Levels. Levels is what Justin talks about, right? Like yeah, having a that's short, the other intermediate, like, and then high. We just attack deep. That's it. That's all we do. It's it's so frustrating, dude, because it's just the same thing over and over again. Like, and again, we win the game. We get away with it again. But we're, I mean, we're fighting skin and teeth right now as far as like pulling off these victories. Like, Wazoo's looking at this tape and they're like, yeah, there's one way to defend these guys. Like, we're a one trick pony right now. Oh, yeah. We're not hard to defend right now. The way that no. the, the play calling is and the way that Mike is playing. As long as it's, if it's raining like that, all you have to do is triple coverage Rome. And if we play Oregon in the fucking Pac-12 championship, we play like we have play calls like this, like we did tonight. Game over. We're losing by double digits. Like there's oh, no yeah. there's no way we win that game. No. It's got to get better. It has to get better. And that's the only reason why we're critiquing this is because like every game matters now. And yes, you won. You got away with it. You're 11 or no, this is amazing. This is a great season. But if we want to get to a CFP, like that's what this team is capable of. They're good enough to do that. We know that. If they if they are going to achieve that, the offense has to play better. Like this needs to be better execution, better play calling. Yeah. Better everything. The players have to play better. Yeah. I'd say the only players that are playing really well on offense is the offensive line. Offensive line, and D- Dylan Johnson's doing his thing, dude. Like, he's fine. Yeah. But Penix and these receivers and Grubb and the route tree, that'll it, it needs to get Ro- figured Rome's out. fine, too. Rome's fine, too. Rome's, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Rome's fine, too. Okay. But, like, at the end of the day, he's running the route that he's being told to run, and he's doing a right. damn good job. But, like, right. To your point, we should focus on positives. After this, I know we got to flip after this point, we'll flip it and get more positive. But I think we, I, I don't think we're alone. I know most Husky fans feel the same way that we do. They're frustrated. And, they're and the they're reason frustrated, why, but excited. They're, they're, they're happy, but frustrated, I guess I should say, which is yeah, exactly what we are. Exactly. And I think the reason why you are feeling that way is because it's so obvious. It's so palpable and tangible that this team is so much better than what they're showing on the field mm-hmm. week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why we have this sour taste in our mouth is like, we are, there's no way an unbiased fan leaves that game feeling like Oregon state's the better team. Like we, every single game that we've won, maybe despite the Oregon game, an unbiased person walks away feeling like, holy shit, UW was like overmatched so much better. But like shot themselves in the foot. They didn't play their best game and they're lucky that they skirted by with a win. That has been the story for a month and a half for this team. And at this point, that is the story of this season. Like, yeah, I love the fact that we're 11 and 0. But this right now is a team that is not recognizing their potential, and that's frustrating. And that's why they're probably not ranked four right now, right? 
it's a hundred percent why they're not ranked number four right now. They, I mean, I would argue that they probably should be. Absolutely, resume wise, yes, but I get eye test, like, yeah, we don't really well, look the part right now. Yeah, well, also we're playing the fucking number eleventh ranked team in the country right. this and week, we'll get while that. fucking Florida State's playing North fucking Alabama. So I don't want to we'll hear about that. the fucking eye test. We'll get into that. Well, I just let's did get some, into that. <laughs> I, I know, but let's do, let's do a couple shout outs on defense real quick, just because yeah. I want I want to wrap up this Oregon State. Game. We got to wrap up the game and get on get on with it. But I've already kind of called his name out. I'll I'll leave the I'll leave the other two. I think we're probably got the same three. But Carson mm. Bruner is a war daddy, and I mm. love me some Carson Bruner. He's got to be playing more. I've been calling for that when he was a freshman when he took that pick six against Oregon State to the house. Like well, and earlier in that year, he had the hell of a game against Arizona. Yeah, was it? Yeah, or Stanford, Stanford at Stanford. Yeah, it was at, at Stanford. He was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, he had some crazy number of tackles. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is arguably our best linebacker. I love Eddie Ulafosio. We all do. He's the captain. He's the heartbeat of the defense. I think anybody can make a very convincing argument that Carson Bruner's been our best linebacker all year with the way that he plays on special teams, with the way that he yeah. plays when he's in, he's faster. He's probably our fastest linebacker and he's probably our most physically violent, aggressive player, probably mm-hmm. our most instinctual player. Like, I don't understand why he's not playing more today. He must be a hell of a liability in coverage if they're not playing him. He must as much be. as he should. That's the only thing I can think of because in a game against Oregon State and Damian Martinez, who tip of the cap to that guy, arguably he's fucking good, man. He might be the best running back in the country. He's gonna look great in an elephant's uniform in a couple of years. Uh squitters are gonna have to say something about that. But Damian <laughs> Martinez is so good. There was and he was breaking tackles left and right. If he was getting tackled, he was dragging people for an extra two to five yards, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. 10. The mm-hmm. only player on the entire Husky defense, when they tackled Martinez, he stops. When Carson Bruner tackles, people stop right there, right then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, every linebacker, you're going to miss some tackles in a game against a guy like Martinez. He had a couple. And, he had a and couple Bruner missed tackles. a few. But Bruner actually has fundamentally sound tackling power strength when he and when he and martinez met more often than not bruner won Mm -hmm. that tells me a lot so my tip Mm -hmm. of the cap on the defense defensive side of the ball goes to carson bruner it's great i know there's two other guys two other shout outs i'll let you take them both yeah i mean bruner 14 tackles too like and and he did have one pass defense too. So as far as like coverage ability, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Don't worry about it. I mean, it. I, <laughs> I think, I think that like he she for sure should play more against certain offenses. Yeah. And like the last two that we played, he should have been in there more. Or like obviously it was against Oregon. Maybe you should play him. Probably. More. I mean, probably. They could yeah. they could throw the ball a bit though. I mean he. I don't know. Most of their what passes really, are pretty what, quick, though. What really scares you about them? About Oregon? Their running game? I mean, game? you look today, though. 
you look today, Bucky Irving wasn't all that. Yeah. Yes, against us, yes. Bucky Irving is the guy that I worry about. Bucky and Irving, I think, I mean, and then tackling are on the perimeter. Us. Yeah. And that's Bruner's. He's the best on our team at doing both of those things. He might get beat by their tight end. He might get beat by a slot if he gets in a bad matchup. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Oregon's bread and butter is running the ball with Bucky Irving, getting the ball into the flats to their wide receivers. Yep. He needs to be playing. Right. I agree. I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it one bit. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up then. Uh, <laughs> so, other two shout-outs. Uh, Braylon Trice, another great game. Another great game. Uh, yeah. He was all over the backfield. and I don't know how many hurries he had in this game, but it must have been close to what he had against Caleb Williams in USC. It had it been as far as... 15. It was a yeah. lot. Like, he was constantly... I mean, he was abusing their left tackle it was not pretty um he was he was in there on a lot of run plays too he yeah. had two and a half tackles for loss he had a sack tonight six tackles overall he even had a pass defense he got his hands up i i saw a couple guys get their hands up on dj passes so we had, love that that was ni- that was nice to see we haven't seen that a lot from this defense as far as like passes tipped at the line we saw there's that a little a lot. bit the there's like four or five of them Tule got mm-hmm. one ollie got Tule one got one trice yep. got one I think those are the three, but yeah. Yeah. So that was good to see. Um, but yeah, can't say enough about our uh potential first round pick, Braylon Trice. We're certainly gonna miss him next year, but hopefully he balls yeah. out over the next three or four games, whatever that ends up being. Um, and and he kind of walks off into the sunset on a on a high note. Um player I'm gonna go one further. I'm gonna go one further than that though, too, real quick before we get to the player of the game. I thought Thule balled his ass out tonight. He was gritty, gritty as fuck. Gritty yeah. win. Like he he had a great tackle for loss on Damian Martinez, where he just scooped under yeah. his defender and basically just reached out and grabbed him in the backfield for like a one or two yard loss. Um, he was constantly just like that was plug, that was their... holes as, as well as he could. And he was, I mean, he was he was causing as much havoc as he could. As yeah. far as run defense goes, I mean, Damian Martinez got his for sure, but I thought Thule played admirably tonight, especially given the circumstances of him still being banged up. That two yard loss was their first and 10 at Washington's 15 yard line, down mm-hmm. by two. Next two plays incomplete. That was their field goal drive. So that tackle mm-hmm. by Thule could not be massive, under, could not massive. be overstated how important that is. Mm hmm. Massive and 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 game. just to like the warrior mentality. I mean, he was down on the field. He came out. He's been banged up since he's been donning the purple and gold. Seems yeah, like he's really. not been healthy ever. But he's to be able to be dude. in there in the fourth quarter and come up with a key play of the game like that, I mean, that's a good call out. But the player let's of the game. Say, let's just say, let's just say we're going to be pretty active in the portal this offseason. We're, we're, we're going to have be, some dudes to replace. <laughs> we're going to be Colorado light next yeah, year. Pretty much. <laughs> DeVore going to go all Dion and be like, look, we got guys coming in with Gucci. Did he say Gucci? I thought it was Louie. Oh, yeah. With, 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 with their with, in our, in with our bags Louis are bags. Louie. <laughs> and our bags <laughs> are Louie. We coming. <laughs> We coming, we coming. 
Yeah. Uh, and you know, else is coming. four and six or whatever they're at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that has turned in a heartbeat. Oh, man. Um, but who else is coming? Jabbar Muhammad. My Lord. Ooh. What a game. What a game from the young kid. Unbelievable. Uh, not not that young. Not that young, I guess. But like, I mean, we didn't see this shit from Jordy, Jordan Perryman last year. Never. That He's a bona fide number one corner. At least in college. I don't know what he's going to do at the next level, but dude's, a, I mean, dude's an all-conference player. Oh, yeah. He's, he's really good. And he's going to be Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, likely. He's got two picks in this game and a fumble recovery. Yep. And four passes defensed. <laughs> That's a good day. That's a pretty damn good stat line. Uh, I mean, Connor, only tackle, he only had but... one tackle. Okay, yeah, but one tackle, but I mean, it, that's not his job. <laughs> also, he only has one fucking tackle because uh, nobody caught the ball on him. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that that there's that, and then, I mean, they weren't doing a lot of stuff outside. No. I mean, mo- most of it was within the tackles. All of their yards tonight were basically within the tackles. I mean, so. four, his four passes defensed were a thing of beauty, too. Like, in today's Great coverage in today's era of football like you cannot even breathe on a wide receiver without getting mm-hmm. a pi unless your name's romo dunze then you know just fucking mm. tackle him and they won't throw a flag that's cool Jesus. yeah but muhammad i mean his timing he's just in control he never panics he always gets his head around it's just a thing of beauty to watch him play defense as a corner and again it is like, Maybe he'll have some physical limitations in terms of his length at the next level. Maybe 510, 180 is small for sure. But he's good. He's, he's good. Really good. Yeah. Had a hell of a game. Two picks. He's a good, he's just a good football player. Like he's going to have a, he's going to have a career in the NFL. I just don't know how lengthy it's going to be. Like he'll yeah. get, he'll get there for sure. He's good enough. I think he could be a Miles Bryant type player. Yeah. I wonder if he comes back next year. He's still got one year. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's on the be, fringe. Be a conversation for the offseason, but yeah. Yeah, we'll earmark it. Just, just interested. All right, so we've laid the lay of the land. Let's wrap up this Oregon State game. 22-20 to 20 win. Get it done down in Corvallis in the rain. Look, we talked about this November gauntlet, man. They're 3-0 in it. They're 3-0 in it. And even if it didn't look quite as daunting when we entered it as it did earlier in the season these are still three good ass teams that they just beat in november yeah. as far as usc on the road in the coliseum when they had everything to play for by the yeah. way like look they've lost three in a row now and caleb Williams is probably done yeah but he's for sure done um but i mean by all means they were playing for everything and that we got we got usc's best shot in that game for sure Utah back at home. Kyle Whittingham is never easy. They gave us our their best shot as well. Because they had everything to play for. They had everything to play for. And then Oregon State tonight, they have everything to play for, right? They still have everything to play for. Well, not really, I guess, everything to play for. But they could spoil Oregon's party next week. So that's enough to play for. Um, Oh, yeah. But they had everything to play for tonight. That's three weeks in a row that we've played a top 20 team. Mm -hmm. At the time, at least, yeah. Yeah, a top 20 team at the time that was in a do-or-die Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship scenario. 
and we took mm-hmm. their best shot three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And we came out on top all three times. And That's this damn is Kirk, impressive. This is what Kirk Herbstreet talks about. And I mean, praise him for giving us some credit here as far as, look, no one has, no one has taken the shots that this team has in the country this year. Not even close. As far as the level of competition that we played, the win, like the resumes of the wins that we have and our opponents. And as far as just just, rattle them off, rattle them off. Number six, as far as number six, Oregon, that's the best win in the country right now. Nobody else has a better win. Not possible. Why is that? Because number six is the highest rated one loss team and that was to us and yep. we're rated number five so yeah who is the highest fuck, rated fucked internet of self who is the highest rated two loss team going into this week oh was it uh utah or no, no oregon state number 11 oregon state we beat oregon them. state yeah and probably the highest rated three loss team is probably utah or at least like close to it yeah what they were ranked 18 16 yeah. and by the way that win in arizona looks better and better every week oh yeah don't forget about that I don't and think USC. that they were they weren't clicking on all cylinders yet, but I mean they were still that uh, you the that's when Fafita took over and like that's yeah. when things started to change there. Yeah, Fafita's so, I mean, good, you, dude. Arizona's yeah. good. <laughs> we beat Arizona, who's this week is what ranked number seventeen. Mm-hmm. We beat number six Oregon, number eleven Oregon State. Uh, what's Utah ranked Utah. this week? Number 22 they were or something 22, like I think, yeah. And then, and then USC was ranked at the time. They're out of it yeah. now, but yeah. Like, I mean, that's like five ranked opponents that we've beaten. Yep. I think the next best team has like two or three top yeah, 25 I think Georgia has three. After today, yes, they have three. Well, who did they beat today? Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, today they have, yeah, they have three. They had Ole Miss last week, and then they had someone earlier in the season. I can't remember who. Mizzou. Missouri. Yes, you're right. But we got five. But we're definitely the worst undefeated team, for for sure. This conversation irates me. Um, Look, (laughs) this is coming after we've just, like, shit on our team for close to an hour here. Um, So let's let's start rooting for our team here as far as, like, this team is gritty as fuck. Like they and and they have the resume of a top four team. And best believe, if they are not in the top four this coming Tuesday, after a road win against a top eleven, top arguably top ten team in Oregon State. Meanwhile, like Sam said, Florida State is playing North fucking Alabama. Where is North Alabama? Like, where is that campus even? Have you even heard of the town? I'm guessing it's in North Alabama. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Geographically, yes. No, I mean, that's all I know. That's all I could tell you. North Alabama, who they were losing to 13 to 0. And yeah. then, by the way, their star quarterback, Jordan Travis, best wishes to him, breaks his leg badly. Compound fracture break, like terrible. Um, and best wishes to him. He's he's gonna be 
hopefully going to the NFL next year. I don't know where he's going to get drafted after that kind of injury, but um, hopefully he has a good career. But that should also, I mean, if if the committee is looking at the eye test so much at, yeah. at as far as like UW's perspective goes, and like, oh, they just, I mean, we just think that Florida State's better than UW, basically is what they're saying, right? Like if, <laughs> if they were... If they're on a neutral field, we think that Florida State would win. They're getting around with it, with it, like tr- trying to point to data metrics that don't even fucking make sense because all the metrics are in UW's favor. So, yeah. like, they shouldn't even be backing up their argument that way. If they if they're just telling the flat, like, full truth here, they just think that Florida State's better than UW, yeah. which you can make an argument for. But now their quarterbacks out. They're for sure not better. And they just played Florida State. Or sorry, they just played North Alabama. And while they were losing 13 to 0, even going into halftime, they were only up they by ended up, seven. They ended up winning by like 50. 50, like or whatever. But yeah, I mean it like it ended up not being a game. But I'm just saying. But they went into halftime, it was like 24 to 13. I mean, that's <laughs> it's not exactly convincing. No, that would be us going into halftime against like Portland State. 24 right. to 13 and having right. been losing to them at any point in the game. Right. So the Huskies, we, there's no excuses for us not to move to the number four spot. At least. Yeah. I don't think mind. that we, I don't think that we move higher than that, but I like, if we are not four here, the entire system's broken. There's, I, there's gotta be, there's outrage. no good reason for it at that point. There's got to be outrage. There's just no way that they won't put us at four. I understand we didn't score a point in the second half, but we still beat Oregon State. Like, we still won. Yeah. We still won. Who cares? It's the 11th best team in the country. We have beaten the number six and number 11 by their recognition, by their decisions, the number six and number 11 team in the country. We beat them both. It's the best win and then probably the third, third or fourth best win. Like yeah. now we have the best win and maybe the third or fourth best win in yeah. the country. Georgia yeah. Ole Miss probably is the better win. Mm-hmm. That's probably yes. it. Tennessee, arguably, I guess today. I don't know. I think they were. What nine, was Tennessee? Or... Was nine? Yeah. Maybe Alabama beating. Wait, did Texas beat Alabama? What Texas beat that? Alabama, but that was early. I mean, that yeah. I mean, it, technically they're up there though now, so you could yeah. argue that. But the so point I, is, I mean. It's a t- it's another top five probably victory in the in in college this year. Though. I think UW has two of the top five victories in college football. There's an argument that we should be one. <laughs> There's there is. a legitimate argument that we should be one. There is by the way that the the game and the rankings are played. If you're going strictly off resume, we should be one. If yeah, you're going if you're... by eye test, we're probably like three, but we're gonna be four. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I mean, freaking <laughs> Michigan almost it. lost to Maryland. Yeah, no the shit. The first dude. team that they decided to play all. Hey, year. it's hard to win in November, especially on the road. Yeah, especially in Corvallis. By the way, should we talk about how like the Beavers have not lost in Corvallis in like the last like two or three years? They lost like one time, I think, in the last yeah, two or three years. Sixteen and one, and they lost a game to USC, like seventeen to fourteen. And that, that they place should is have won. primed, primed for upsets too. Like they have yeah. beaten some good ass teams in that stadium. Yeah, and way less talented teams than they have this year. Yeah. So 
don't discredit this win. Like this is a this is a good ass win. <laughs> Huge resume wise, this is a good ass win. It wasn't pretty. Just, what pisses and me? We off. have our complaints and we have our critiques because we're still not playing up to our potential. But it's but you still like that's the beauty in it. You're not playing up to your potential and you're still beating a team of this caliber on the road. Yeah. What pisses me off about it though is like you know it was a good win. I know it was a good win. Right. Justin knows it was a good win. Separdo, Separdo damn well knows it was a good <laughs> win. Love you, Separdo. But college football playoff committee is going to be like, oh, yeah, like Oregon State's not actually that good, like blah, 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 blah. Come on. Yeah. You just ranked them number 11. This is ridiculous. You can't walk that back now, dude. It's, it's, Boo, whatever, Kerrigan, Corrigan. Corrigan. Boo, that dude, Corrigan. That dude can do some things. <laughs> and none of them are good. He can kick rocks. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just say that. Yeah. Or he we'll can keep suck them. <laughs> uh, you, 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 you get what I'm putting down. But I, yeah, I'm trying not to go there. I got a son. Um... <laughs> Uh, so we clinch a Pac-12 championship berth with this victory. Okay, yeah. Let's move on from the CFP talk. Doesn't matter what happens in the in the Apple Cup. We are going to Vegas. We are playing for the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Apple Cup doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. <laughs> Let me be clear about that. Look, it matters. This is the last possible one, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes here. But either way, we are playing in the Pac-12 title game. What is not determined yet is our opponent. Most likely, it's going to be Oregon. But it really comes down to the Civil War, or whatever the fuck they call it now, next Friday night between Oregon and Oregon State. If Oregon wins, they're in. If they lose, they are leaving it in fate's hands, and fate's hands are very much in Arizona's side at that point. Because if Arizona beats Arizona State, then they are in if Oregon loses. So Oregon has everything on the line next week. Mm-hmm. And they are going to get the Beavers' best shot. We're, we're for sure going to get Wazoo's best shot too. But we don't have as much on the line next week. Like we yeah. have pride on the line, but we don't have a berth on the line as far as like title game. Nope. So the big, the big uh the big complaint that we would have about this is that, like I said. Civil War, whatever the fuck they call it, is on Friday. Apple Cup is on Saturday. So in the potential Oregon and UW matchup, Oregon would have one day more of rest going into the following Friday's Pac-12 championship. Last ever Pac-12 championship, might I I add. At least in its current format. I know that... Oregon State and Wazoo are still trying to hold on to the moniker and the name, but it's not the Pac-12 without like USC, UCLA, UW, Oregon. Like it's not the same. Sorry. Um, you guys can call it that, but it's not. <laughs> so, right. Um, the last Pac-12 championship in and of itself, though. So, I mean, you could call that a competitive disadvantage, but at the same time, I think that Oregon's going to be way more beat up from that game personally. That's going to be a way more physical game. Yeah. Than what we're I mean, going to play. I, again, I think we're going to get Wazoo's best shot. I think they're going to play us tough, like at least tougher than it should be on paper. 
I mean, we should win that game by three, four scores, and it's not going to be that. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> no, it's going to be more of the not. same. Yeah. And like, if we get too comfortable, we're going to lose. Yeah. Like, this is this is a game that we should win. We'll get into more of the detail, you know, a little bit more thought on the Apple Cup, but like, we cannot overlook the Apple Cup and the importance no. of it. No, and I'm yes, not trying we'll be to. in the pack. No, I'm not. I'm not alluding to the fact that you are, but it's like the Cougs are pissed. They mm-hmm. hate us. They always do. They By the way, us. they're playing for a bull berth. Yeah, too. they hate us some so. extra more. Yeah, this season, <laughs> and they can ruin a lot of things for us if they think that we're overlooking them to the Pac-12 championship. So we got to be careful. But yeah, I mean. The one day's rest thing, like that's definitely an advantage, you know, to have the extra time, you know, but at the same time, like we're also sitting pretty in the sense that like, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. I th- we're in, I think, I think each, each side has its own advantage here. Yeah. I guess it's just what I'm trying to portray. Whereas like, we're not worried about getting in the title game. Like we're in. Yeah. Whereas Oregon's got to put everything on the line next week to get in basically. Cause they can't leave that up to, up to the Arizona ASU game. Like they, they don't want that. Yeah. Um, Cause if ASU somehow miraculously wins, then Oregon's in no matter what. Right. But that's um, not going to happen. Arizona. I guess win. we should just start real quick though. Like who would you rather play? Arizona. I tend to agree. <laughs> you change your mind. <laughs> I I tend to agree. Oregon looks good. Oregon looks really good. You could argue that Arizona is a worse matchup for us. In what way? Their receivers are far better than our corners. Yeah, and their receivers are far better than Oregon's wide receivers. Correct. Yeah. Oregon's has one one wide receiver really. I mean, they're they got two others to catch balls, but they don't they don't scare you. Like if they're getting free on stuff, it's because of play design. It's not because of their abilities, in my yeah. in my opinion. I just think Arizona's but defense I think, can get or, Oregon's Oregon's the better, like they're the more complete team for sure. And yeah. they're the team that can for sure stop you on defense. And I think there's just more bad blood. There's more edginess and violence to the game and and if they're playing in that game we're both playing for a cfp berth (laughs) i mean that's the other piece of this so it would be an absolute bloodbath whatever team wins that game is crawling out of the stadium i am so unbelievably nervous for (laughs) for the potential of that but i mean we have we have a game this week and we should probably talk about that yeah and it is the apple cup um, we will get to the Pac-12 championship, but let's save the rest of the Pac-12 championship talk for for next week. Apple Cup, Wazoo, at home in the last traditional Apple Cup, there are talks being negotiated out that they will try to continue the rivalry in some fashion, but um, this is the last one in and as we know it, as far as like for sure one and two in its current format. And both part of the same conference. So, I mean, this is bragging rights, man. This like, there's a lot on the line as far as that goes. This oh, is yeah. this like, 
you best believe the Cougs somehow upset us next week. They are going to hold that over us for eternity. Yeah. Can't have they, that. Like, they, they best believe that if they win that game, they are backing out of whatever deal they have with the Apple Cup because they want, they, they want, they, they, this is the kind of shit the Cougs would pull. They would back out of that just so that they had the bragging rights that they won the last ever Apple Cup. Yeah. We're better than just hold you because we beat passes. you last. Yeah. That's, that, that's their, that's their mindset. <laughs> that's their mindset in this game. Yeah. I mean, we have bigger and better things to accomplish, but let's get these guys off our doorstep. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Shoo shoo. Go on now. Can, can we just kick them into the curb? You know, just get, get, yeah. Get gone. Go, go on down to get Corvallis. Gone. They'll, they'll give you a hug. Get gone. Get gone. Look, I feel for the kooks. I, I feel for the kook fans. Like it's the way that this conference has gone down. It's sad, and I'm sorry you got left in the dust, but also I hate how all of them are blaming it like purely on UW. And it's like no more UW's fault than it is any other team that left. No. And this started with Larry Scott, too. So, so like, started with Larry it. Scott, USC, UCLA really started it. Yes. And correct. as soon as USC, UCLA but, did their thing, it was all for yourself. Like everyone yep. fend for yourself. Yep. Yep. This is so, just evolution. It is what it is. But the point that you make is very valid. Like we cannot, you know who they need to be bringing in this week for motivational speaker. They do their like weekly clips. Gaskin. Yeah. My, there's not another Husky in my lifetime. Or Buddha. Buddha. Yeah. But there, Gaskin had a more of an edge to him about the kooks. He. Yeah. I ain't never lost to no kook. I mean, he felt it in his blood and in his bones. What this Sankey game would be another good one too, because he shunned Wazoo to come to UW. Yeah, but Gaskin's the guy I want. Yeah, I Gaskin's the guy I want to be in the locker room at some point this week and just be like, "Hey, eleven and zero, that's awesome. College football playoff ranked number four, finally, that's awesome." But guess what? None of that makes a shit anymore if you lose to the fucking Cougs for the last time in Apple Cup history. You are going hey. to go down as the team that lost the last Apple Cup. And every single Husky fan that walks around Costco's and Safeway parking <laughs> lots and sees Coug fans, <laughs> and they just give them the look. And you, you're going to make every Husky fan live with that. For the rest of their goddamn lives. This is not a game anymore. This is our goddamn life. Sam, why don't you uh, remind our listeners of your hierarchy of a successful Husky season? The Hoganson hierarchy of needs for the University of Washington Husky football season. The bottom of the pyramid is an Apple Cup victory. I'm not even kidding. And you, you all call me crazy if you want. That's totally fine. I'll take it. Even at 11 and 0, Pac 12 championship berth clinched, college football playoff ranked number four. If we lose to the fucking Cougs on Saturday, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Season's a failure in my mind. You cannot let that happen. Bottom line, you have to beat the Cougs. 
next level up on the pyramid. You got to beat Oregon. Got to do it. Check that box. Feel great about it, don't you? Yes, you do. Then the next layer is be competing for a Pac-12 championship berth in November. Check that box. Not only did we compete, we clinched. Might as well go to the next level of the pyramid. Make a uh, call. Uh, make a Pac-12 championship berth. Done. Check that box. We're in. We are looking at the potential of a legendary season. The only box is that we have left to check to make it a legendary program history type season. Beat the Cougs on Saturday. Win the Pac-12 championship. And whatever happens from there, legendary. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doesn't matter. That would be second best season in Husky history, in my opinion. Yeah, better point. than 2016, I would say. Yeah. 84, you, have... you could maybe make a make an argument for. Yeah, and then 91, you, I mean 91 you... is is in and of itself until we win another national championship for sure. Yeah. I'd agree. And then you have the 60, 60 season. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's ancient history at this point, basically. But yeah. Yeah. So my point is it's all good and dandy, but we got some serious fucking business to take care of on Saturday. Uh, this is a big game, man. This is a big game. Like <laughs> I'm not trying and, to underestimate that at all. And regardless if it was against the Cougs or anybody else, you have an opportunity to roll, run the table yep. in the regular season, which we haven't done since 1991. That in and of itself, regardless what happens in the Pac-12 championship game, is awesome. 19 in a row, 12-0 and regular season. There is so much to play for on Saturday. I'm pumped we clinched the Pac-12 championship. I'll be pumped on Tuesday when the college football playoff rankings come out. We're finally ranked number four like we should have been all along. Mm -hmm. But Saturday, we have everything and more to play for. Undefeated regular season and the Apple Cup rivalry on a good note the way that it should. And let's have some fucking momentum going into the postseason play. Right, right. Yeah. This team needs that. Like they, I'm not saying this. This is not a get right opponent, by the way. Like this is, this is anything but that because of the rivalry. But there is nothing more than the Cougars that the Cougars would like to do than to spoil a perfect season for us, right? Right. Like that's like their dream scenario. Is it's the Huskies are really good. Huskies are really good, but they spoiled the season for us. Yeah. Tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye. We take away, you know, in their eyes, in their eyes, we take away their future of their football program. <laughs> you know, that's how they feel. Yeah. However valid that may or may not be, that's how they honestly feel. Mm-hmm. They could take away our college football playoff hopes on Saturday. They could take Maybe. away a potential national championship. I mean, there's for sure a path if we lose to the Cougs. I, I think if we honestly, I think if we lose the to the Cougs, so long as it's close. I mean, we can't get blown out, obviously. Yeah. I think if we lose a close rivalry game, at least that they the way that they've been pumping up rivalry games as far as their, you know, eye test and results. Florida State centered, Miami. Exactly. Right. 
I mean, by their wow. metrics, Florida State and Miami have been playing each other for a long time, and that's a big rivalry. And Florida State handled business. So I bet they haven't been playing longer than us in Wazoo. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but anyway, obviously a massive game next Saturday. Oh 1 my gosh. On Fox. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just gotta I just we gotta pile some more shit on Boo Corrigan, whatever. Florida State and Miami. How many times do you think they've played? 40. No, a little bit more. 50. A little bit more. 60. 68. And we're like 100 and something meeting with... We got to be at like 130, 120. That many? I was going to say like 115 or something like that, but... Uh, 100, yeah, this will be 115th. Yeah. Just about double. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's no it's no comparison. Yeah, I mean we've been playing, but Wazoo's guys not forever. Miami, so Wazoo's not Miami, so I mean it's it's just different. Oh, pooey. Which is somewhat true, but at the same time, I don't know. Miami's fuck not boo. that good. Fuck boo. Yeah, can't be having it. Christo tits. All right. Um, what do we want to go from here? Do we want to do some Apple Cup predictions or? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Let's just go over the scenario. Like, what's your dread scenario on next Saturday? As far like, how, like, what do we need to be worried about? I guess is the way that I should phrase it about this Wazoo team. I'll be honest. Like, I have not watched a lot of Cougar football, so I'm mm-hmm. a little bit naive to what's been going on with their season. Obviously, Cam Ward is there. I know he can make you pay with his arm and his legs, but. They've had a tough season. They've had a worse season yeah. than you would have expected. I mean, they're what have won five games. They beat Oregon State, by the way. <laughs> well, they beat Oregon State. That was and, a very impressive win earlier in the yes, year. Yes, it was. But if I'm being honest, just looking at, again, full caveat, I have not watched many of the games, but just looking purely at results, Wazoo's not a team that scares me. They're not this season they've they've underperformed against their expectations coming into the season with the the players that they returned from last year and so this is a team that we should beat having said all that it is the apple cup it is the last apple cup wazoo's going to be playing with all the extra juice that comes with not only wanting to show us up for the last apple cup matchup potentially the last apple cup matchup but they also this is just the way this rivalry goes like one of our teams is in the national spotlight top 10 coming into this game the other team gets up and spoils it that has happened time and time again throughout the 115 year history of these two teams playing each other and that's gone both ways they've spoiled our seasons and we've spoiled theirs and so that's the thing that scares me is less about specific players or specific aspects of their team that I think are bad matchups. It's just what the game means for us, what the mean games, what the game means for them. It's, it's big, it's big time mm-hmm. matchup. And it means a lot more than just what the final score is going to be. 
And then I think the only thing, the other thing that concerns me is us. Like I want to be able to predict a easy, comfortable two to three score, you know, lead victory here. But for a month and a half, we haven't been able to do that. We've had every opportunity, but we failed to capitalize on it. And we end up in these close games. And so it's probably going to be another close game. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, until I see something different, it's probably going to be more of the same. What's your score prediction then? I think it'll be a little bit more high scoring than this game that we just had against Oregon State. I don't think Wazoo's offense is going to sustain like a 12-minute drive, a 20-play yeah. drive to kill a full quarter. 22's got to be one of the lowest of the DeBoer era, right? Yeah. As far as our point total? Yeah. I would say for this game, I mean, I think weather dependent, I haven't looked at what the forecast is going to be like, but it's here. It's not in Pullman, so it's probably cold. Probably just be wet. Yeah. I would say... Actually, no. Early forecast next Saturday, I think, is sunny. But cold. I'm going to go 38 38 to 27, we score a late touchdown. Game's closer than it, the score makes it feel. Okay. Yeah, I got like sunny and 45 next next Saturday. Right now. That would be early, amazing. Early days here, but um yeah, it. that that would that would probably work out in our favor pretty well. Look, I mean, anything that you have to worry about the Cougs is pretty much purely emotional. As yeah. far as like if you look on the stat sheet or as far as just break down their roster, this is a really bad matchup for them. This is a really, really bad matchup for them. All the things that we do well, they are not good at. And all the things that they do well, we are still pretty good at. <laughs> yeah. Like defending that, you know. Um, so like for instance, Cam Ward, talented player, and definitely need to contain him and you know limit his explosive play ability both in the running game and passing downfield but the dude has taken 34 sacks this year we have pretty damn good pass rush last time i checked yeah yeah so and this is not a team that runs the ball very much so anytime that we're i mean they're probably going to try to run the ball against us like you bet you best believe that they're going to try to run the ball against us because they've they've watched tape. They're not dumb. They but, don't got Damian Martinez. Yeah, they don't. Nakia Watson's a decent runner, but he's not he's not anything close to what we've seen as far as like the the best of the best this this year. Yeah. So he'll probably get a couple runs and pop off a couple runs, and Cam Ward will probably get a couple plays and stuff like that. But I think I trust our defense to get the big plays when they need to because that's what they've done all year. And I think that they could really shine against Cam Ward because he takes so many sacks, 34 sacks on the year. I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, you know, they have they have three receivers over 700 yards. So, I mean, for sure they can sling it a bit. But so long as you get some pressure in Cam Ward's face and contain him, I think you're going to be okay on defense. As yeah. far as on offense, like, I mean, we could put up some points against these guys there. 
their best, I mean, their best players are their pass rushers. And we have a really good offensive line as far as mm-hmm. pass protection goes. They didn't give up a sack against Oregon State. Oregon State was a really good pass rushing team. Not going to say that, you know, they didn't affect Penix, though, today. I mean, he for sure was rushed on a few throws because they did get to him. But so long as we're getting away from the negative plays and the offensive line is keeping Penix clean. I like our chances as far as putting up some points in this game as well. They're not necessarily a very good run defense either. Like I think Dylan Johnson, who which we should talk about. I heard conflicting reports that he actually was carted off the field at the end. He was after this Oregon State game. He was pretty hurt. I think he was cramping. I hope. But I don't we'll need know to what was going on, that. but he pulled himself out of the game at some point in the a few quarter. times. Yeah, a few times. And then he came back in for the final drive. And right. then he was I feel like it must have been hard. cramping. I feel like it must have been cramping. It I, seems like a cramping thing. But I like he, so. he he was carted back to the locker room like after the game was over. And I'm assuming it's just because he was cramping so bad. Yeah. But maybe that's a loaded assumption on my my part and just hopeful thinking. I sure so, hope so. Hopefully we have Dylan Johnson. If we don't have Dylan Johnson, that changes things a bit for sure. Yeah. Um, in the in the running game specifically. But you know, I mean that I don't know. Will Nixon looks fine out there. Tybo looks good when he gets his spot things. I mean, it's just gonna be a different game plan, I think, if we don't have DJ. Yeah, he's a difference maker in a major way. Yeah. It, I'm not trying to underestimate like the fact that if he was out, that would be a big impact. But I do think that we have players to fill in against a team like Wazoo, not yeah. against Oregon <laughs> or even Arizona. Like that would yeah. be an issue. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully it's nothing more than cramping. Um, I need to do some more research to see if DeBoer or anyone said anything about the, that after the game. I quickly looked on Twitter search of Dylan Johnson's name and I didn't see anything come up. And I was seeing this on Dogman that like, yeah, it was both uh, Grinolds and Eklund saw DJ carted gotcha. off at the end. But since there's been no like nothing about it at this point, I feel like it was probably just cramping. Yeah, well, let's hope so. And I'm also taking the data points as far as like he was kind of taking himself out of the game, but still kind of jogging around and stuff like that. He wasn't like down on the field at any point, you know, requiring yeah. medical attention. Yeah. So he it seems like a cramping a... thing. Yeah, hopefully. So what would you go with your final score prediction? Final score. I think we put up 40 against the Cougs. I'm going to go 45-35. About the same. Ten points. Yeah. Do you feel like it's think... a comfortable win? Or do you think it's testy? Um less comfortable than we want it to be, but I, I don't think that it's like it's I don't think we're biting our nails off at the end or anything like that. Like yeah. They might even score kind of a garbage touchdown at the end to make it look closer than it is. Got it. I could see us up by three scores in the fourth quarter, but I, I could also that. see this. I could also see this being a one score game throughout. So needing a fourth down stop from our defense. Yeah. Like every, I mean, game. we really didn't take control of the game even last year until 
midway through the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, it was nip and tuck. Maybe even into the fourth quarter last year. But yeah, I mean, we ended up winning by quite a bit. We put 60 up against them last year, didn't we? So. Let's do it again. That'd be great. We haven't, we haven't hung 60 on anyone yet this year. Be the right time to do it. No shit. No shit. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to cover tonight, Sam? I think we got it out out of our system. There's some negativity in this podcast. And I apologize for that, folks. And we don't we don't want to be negative about it. We don't want to be the Alabama fan that's like negative about an eleven oh season. But we are gonna be honest. What like we're just we're we're critiquing with the worries that we have of a potential matchup against an Oregon or even an Arizona in the Pac twelve title game. And anyone beyond that too. But like that's really the focus right now is like we want to win the Pac twelve. And to do that, shit needs to get better. <laughs> yeah. Like I you might get away with it. You might, but I don't think you can hang your hat on that. You need to be playing your best football going into the postseason. And we are not doing that right now. That's right. all. End of rant. Let's beat the Cougs. Let's beat the Cougs, baby. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already and leave us a message via the Spotify for podcasters link in our description. Until next time. Eat a turkey and go dogs.